Hello and welcome to Grace Life Duras. We are a gospel-centered church family focused on reaching the unreached and making disciples. We pray that this teaching will help you to grow in your relationship with Jesus and discover more of the reality of Christianity. Hello everyone, welcome back to part two of Abundant Life Teaching, the life that God promised us. If you've missed part one, please catch up with that. Um, it was really impactful and we are building um, scripture by scripture, um, leading you through a revelation of what Christ had in mind and God has in mind for us when he says that he has come to give us life and life in its abundance. We started by looking at several key scriptures last week, and I'm not going to go back to all of them, except that I wanted to say again the importance of why we need to know what we are putting our faith in and why we need to know for sure what it means when we speak about abundant life. Because um, Proverbs shows us that uh, hope deferred makes the heart sick. But when your uh, desire is accomplished, it is a tree of life. And I started with that scripture last time, and I want to encourage us again with that scripture that the reason why we need to know what this promise of abundant life is, and therefore what it is not, is so that we do not become sick in our heart. And secondly, in Peter, we are encouraged to know and have answers for people who have questions. We should be engaging in conversations with friends and family and those who we meet, and one of the biggest topics that should be coming up is the gift of life, eternal or abundant life. And when we look and answer these questions, we need to know for ourselves for sure what it says in Scripture and what it means when Jesus said that to know him is to have the abundant life, eternal life. And so I want to encourage you as you listen to part one and as we start out with part two, to really go and look this out for yourself and seek it for yourself in the scriptures I'm using and in many more as you look at the word of God, seeking it for life. Let's start with prayer today. So Father, I just want to thank you that as we get into the word that you are revealing yourself in greater measure to us, that you are revealing a great truth about the abundant life so that we may walk in it and possess it, not just know how to explain it, but actually possess that life that was promised long ago to us and now has been made manifest, manifested in us and through us, not just for us, but also for those around us. Thank you that you reveal yourself through this teaching and through your word, that you open our hearts so that we may know who you are, so we may have a revelation and wisdom and knowledge into the God we serve, our God. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. So we're going to start today by looking at John 14, verse 6. Jesus is speaking here, and he makes a very bold statement in this verse. He says, Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Now, this is an answer to Thomas, who said, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How do we know the way? So he is answering a question by saying that I am the way and the truth and the life. 
no one comes to the Father but through me. First of all, what we need to see there is imagine it was three different categories. Imagine in front of you had three cups and these cups are completely full. The first one is I am the way. The second one is the truth. And the third one is the life. When Jesus said this, this was an incredibly bold statement. Okay, imagine I greet you and you say, hi, I'm Tom. And I say, hi, I am the way, the truth and the life. Either this is complete insanity or this is the truth. And Jesus is making the claim that not just does he give ways, truth and life, but that is who he is. He is pointing to who he is. You see, there's many people who can say a lot about themselves, but to do what they say about themselves is something else. Jesus didn't just come as a good teacher, good prophet, good man on earth to do good things. He's not making that claim. He never made that claim. He makes this claim that I am the way and the truth and the life. Then he continues by saying, and no one comes to the Father but through me. He could have just stopped there at the first part, and yet he continues with his radical statement by saying that no one can come to the Father but through him. You see, outside of him there is no way and no truth and no life. And without the way that only he gives, the truth that only he gives, and the life that only he gives, there is no means for us to get back to the Father. The good news about this is that it is clear from what Jesus is saying here that he wants and desires that we do come to the Father. And that's incredible. But with it, we see that he makes the claim that what he has, he can give us. You see, by him saying that, he is also saying to us that he makes a way to the Father. He is the truth of the Father, and He is the life of the Father. That's incredible. Think of any situation you're going through right now. You might be wondering, why am I even listening to teaching about the abundant life, and you're making it all spiritual, where actually I have problems in my marriage, I have relationship issues with my children, I have financial worries and concerns, I have burdens that I don't even want to mention, I'm being oppressed and depressed. Why am I listening to this? I want to encourage you that if you think of any area in your life that you are currently struggling with, the answer is in this verse. You either need to know the way, direction, or you need a revelation of the truth, or you need God's life. Anything and everything we're going through will always fall in these three categories. That was new to me. When I researched and looked at it again, and I didn't see it like that. But do we realize that Jesus was making the statement that whatever we need, it is found in him. And whatever we're going through, he is the way, the truth, and the life. That is super encouraging. You see, the great invitation for us to have what he has is also an invitation for us to know him. He doesn't want to be hiding somewhere. He gives us the way to be known. The Father doesn't want to stay unknown. He wants His people to know who He is, not just for us to know 
what this gift of the abundant life and eternal life is, but for us to experience it, for us to experience that God kind of life, as I said last week, so that it may draw others to God and so that it may bring the kingdom of God to earth. God wants to be known. Now let's look at John 5, where Jesus makes a very radical statement again. Jesus is quite radical. Let's not forget that. He managed to be killed in three years. That's how radical he was. John 5, verse 39 to 40. Okay. Once again, John 5, verse 39. You search the scriptures because you think that in them you have eternal life. It is these that testify about me, and you are unwilling to come to me so that you may have life. Wow. What is Jesus saying here? He is speaking to the religious leaders of his days, and he is saying to them, I know that you are trying to do good, and I can see that you want to honor God and fear God in what you're doing and the observance of the law, and in keeping the commands. And I can see that you are looking to these scriptures. Scriptures is referring to Genesis to Malachi. And you think in them you have found the God life. But he is saying they all testify about him. They are all giving a testimony. They are all saying the one that will bring that life is Jesus. And yet, how sad that they were unwilling to come to him so that they may have the life. To us, this should be incredibly encouraging because it says to us that no matter what kind of God worship there is in the world out there and sometimes in our own personal life, if it is outside of knowing Jesus, it cannot bring you life. When we put ourselves under a load of rules, regulations, things to do, and we narrow our relationship with God only to religious service, we miss the point. The point of our faith, the reality of our Christianity is that we have come to Jesus and he has given us life. We start with that life when we receive him, as I said last week in John 3.16. We receive him and we receive this life that is given by faith, not by natural birth. Now that we have that life, the rest of our Christian walk is discovering how to live from that life. I can give many examples where we put ourselves under religious burdens, rules and regulations and we miss life. I myself find myself sometimes coming to Bible study and thinking, I just need to read this so that at least it's done for the day. I just need to look at this so I know, okay, it's finished. So I don't feel that bad. And you know, I rarely receive anything when I come to God's word like this. I rarely receive well enough and good enough when I come to Jesus, just expecting answers about what to do next. But when I come to him and I humble myself, and when I come to the word and I humble myself, and I say, Father, what I need, what I see I need is a revelation of the life that is given at salvation. The life that you said cannot just be found in the scriptures outside of you. Then I come to you, Jesus, and say, show me who you are. Because the point of all of this 
is not religious deity. The point of it all was God's kind of life, living in man. That is incredible. And I want to encourage you with that, that don't be under those who are unwilling to come to him that you may have life. Don't come to Jesus just for a rule, a list, an expectation of this is what should be happening. Come to him expecting to receive life. When you pray in spirit, come to that prayer and expect to receive life from it because that's what he wants for you. You see, the problem with any religion and any religious observation or um, following of religion, if it does not acknowledge Christ as Lord and Christ as the giver of life, it all misses the point because the point was life. We find this out in Genesis 1 to 3. Now go and read this on your own. I'm not going to go through those three chapters. But what you see clearly is that God creates man perfect in his image. And because he is love, we know that 1 John 4 reveals that God is love. He also gives man free will. Because outside of free will, love does not exist. So he gives man free will and he says to him, I have made you in my image. Now you have a choice. You can either choose to partake of the knowledge of good and evil, um, which I advise you and command you not to do. Okay, I am instructing you, do not take of that. Or I have also placed in this garden for you the tree of life, where you can partake of that God kind of life. Okay, and what do we see? Man fails to choose life. Mankind rather draws from the knowledge of good and evil than to choose life. I love how God says, eat of all the trees freely, abundantly eat. And yet we limit ourselves when we choose to eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. What is the result of that? We would think something good. Even Eve thought it would result in something good. Yet the result is always separation and perishing as we saw in John 3.16 last week, separation and perishing. Why? Because our deepest need as human beings is God's life. That's what is needed. We need God's Spirit, who is the life of God, to live and dwell inside of us. And that is only possible when we receive Jesus as our personal Lord and Savior. And when we receive Him as our personal Lord and Savior, we become one with Him, one Spirit with Him, connected to Him, to the exclusion of any other, and we are reconnected into life. Take the example of me receiving a beautiful rose from my husband out of the garden that we have. It's like a balcony garden. Um, and there we have roses. You know, the moment he cuts that rose off, he has removed it from the source of life. And when he removes it from the source of life and I put it in a vase with water, it will still maybe last a week. But it has just become temporal. Okay. But imagine now I could put that tree, that rose that that Carl got me. Imagine I could put that back on the tree and reconnect it back into the source. Okay. In a way that will help you to see what it means when you are in Christ. He has put you back. He has drafted you back. He has put you in to his life. 
okay? The life which even Adam and Eve didn't choose is the life we choose when we receive Jesus as our tree of life. I'm going to try my best to explain it to you in a way that I really hope will make sense to you and will be easy for you to also explain to others. Let's look at an example and I'm going to, you're going to have to use your imagination. Imagine I've got a paper in front of you and at the top of the page I write the words God. At the bottom of the page I write the word man. And then I tell you what we know about God. We know two things. First of all, that he is invisible. And second of all, we do know that he is eternal. Two things we know about man is that he is visible. And the second thing we know about man is that he is temporal. He is finite. Okay? Now, man tries to do good things to get right with God. Imagine those are like little lines going up, but not far, just little lines just going up maybe one or two centimeters compared to the entire page. No matter how good we do, no matter how how sincere our intentions, how good our prayers and fasting and religious work and giving, it cannot ever produce the life that God holds because He is eternal and He is invisible. The only solution would be that God reveals Himself to us. If God communicates Himself to us, then we can receive and be reunited into what God has for us. So first of all, the very first line we see being drawn down from God's side down on the page, we see is that he chooses to communicate himself through nature. And that line doesn't go all the way to man, but we see in Genesis 1, verse 1 to 2, that God actually spoke light into being. He commanded light to be where there was chaos. He commanded light to be. Okay, isn't that incredible? That's a revelation of Jesus right there, that Jesus is the light and the life of the world. And God commands that that from the beginning. And he speaks into chaos. We see that he created creates all things. You know, we see how nature glorifies God. Look at with me at Psalms 19. We're going to look just, you could look at the whole one, but let's for now just do one, two, three. Psalms 19, the heavens are telling of the glory of God and their expanse is declaring the work of his hands. Day and to day pours forth speech and night to night reveals knowledge. There is no speech nor are there words. Their voice is not heard. Okay, we see here that God is saying to us and the writer of Psalms is saying to us that nature is communicating God to us. However, it's not enough. So we could, I saw a wonderful video of a, a person um, who goes to minister in or to these tribes who live in these mountain areas where there's like no other life really. He has to travel days to get him and his team to where the people are. And they live in the most extremely beautiful surroundings you could imagine. Okay. They don't have what we have, all the distractions of internet and um, cell phones and busyness and televisions and vehicles. They don't. They live in that nature, in that beauty all the time. And yet when they get to the village, there's ornaments and statues and places where people burn candles because they realize there's a God, but they don't know who he is. And so although nature communicates God and God intended it to communicate God, 
it cannot fully communicate the message of salvation and lead us to Christ himself. Okay, a good example of this is when I traveled overseas, I got up a wonderful opportunity to go to Switzerland and as well to Paris. And when I was in Switzerland and I was standing there looking at the Alps, I was in complete awe of this in immense creation, incredible as it was. And yet when I was in Paris, the Eiffel Tower was also big and I didn't stand in awe of it. I didn't have that same feeling that I had looking at these mountains. And I was like, I stand in awe of God who had created it. And yet that time in my life, I was broken. I was away from God and the mountains couldn't draw me back. It was the revelation several years later of what Jesus did at the cross when someone preached it to me. So now I'm jumping ahead, but nature does reveal God, okay? But it is not enough. So that's the first place and first way God chose to reveal himself to man. Another way that he chose, so you can draw another line from the God space at the top of the page, you draw another line down and you say, the written word. God has chosen to reveal himself through the written word, which in the beginning was Genesis to Malachi. This is the scriptures. So the psalmist in Psalms 19 even writes about the power of God's written word, the scriptures. He says, the law of the Lord is perfect, restoring the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. And the precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. And so he continues, okay? However, Jesus himself says, as we just saw, that although these scriptures point us to life, they did not give the life that he gave. It could point towards it. And it was perfect in doing that. But outside of Jesus, the written word still failed to communicate the full image of God. Okay? Let's look at the third way that God chooses to communicate himself to us. is through the prophets. Okay? Another line, it doesn't reach all the way to man, but another way he chooses to communicate himself is through the prophets. What happened with the prophets of the old? Well, mostly they were ignored. And if they weren't ignored, they were killed. And if they weren't killed, they were absolutely despised. Few of them actually saw in their lifetime the result of what they prophesied. Okay, You have people like Noah who saw the na a nation turn around and come to God. However, they fail again. They turn back years later. Many times the result of the prophetic work, work is temporal. And you can see that. All the prophets were looking to a time that was yet to come. None of them boasted or claimed that that time was now, but all of them looked to a time yet to come. Look at Micah, Micah 5 verse 2. But as for you, Bethlehem, Ephrath thought, too little to be among the clans of Judah, from you one will go forth for me to be ruler in Israel. His goings forth are from long ago, from the days of eternity. So he is coming and yet he was. You see, the prophets are communicating the one who is coming, but the one who was as well since the beginning. And in the final days, in the last line you draw on that page, is the way God chose to communicate himself to man and reveal himself is through the living word. And that line you can draw all the way to your man sign at the bottom.
because this way is his final way of revealing himself and this was his perfect way to reveal and communicate life to us and that is through Jesus. You see, God is eternal. So if God is eternal, then his word is eternal. If his word is eternal and John 1 shows us his word, then it means Jesus is eternal. And if Jesus is eternal, then Jesus is God. You see, it Jesus was God on earth. As radical and as difficult as it is sometimes to understand, it is the truth. He brought his life to earth. So Jesus, um, or so John says to us in John 1, let's go look at it. Now there's many scriptures we could turn to, but I have only that much time on a recording. You go and research this out and look at it for yourself even more. You're going to see it everywhere. Once you see that the point of your faith, the reality of your Christian life is this, that God wants you to have life, his life, his kind of abundant, eternal life, that that was the point since the beginning. And that's why Jesus came. You will become tired with religious works and you will fall in love with Jesus with that life and you will go God show me how to live according to that kind of life that sets you up far higher than any religious duty ever could and from that place of receiving his life and desiring to know what that is like from that place you will do the things of God honor God in the way you treat others And live the life that God intended for you to live since the beginning of time. So let's look at John 1. John 1 verse 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Wow. We see the first thing here is that the Word was from the beginning, and the Word was God. He was, that's the Word, He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through him, and apart from him, nothing came into being that has come into being. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. Another way to say that is that the darkness could not overcome it. So what we see here is the living word sends the living spirit who is the final fulfillment of that which God promised from the beginning. So Jesus, who is the living eternal word, does what he needs to do on earth by removing sin from us and fulfilling the scriptures. Okay, he fulfills it through his death death and his resurrection and his ascension into heaven. He then gives us the living spirit who brings this life into the heart of man, fulfilling the greatest promise, which was from the beginning that God desires us to have his life. Now he is still communicating God to all his creation. So now through his spirit, he is still revealing himself to us, through us and in us. Let's go to the final scripture for the day, to Hebrews. Hebrews 1. I love Hebrews 1 because it so beautifully explains this. Hebrews 1 verse 1. God after he spoke long ago to the fathers in the prophets in many portions and in many ways, in these last days has spoken to us in his son, 
whom he, whom he appointed heir of all things, through whom also he made the world. And he, Jesus, is the radiance of his God's glory and the exact representation of God's nature and upholds all things by the word of his power. When he had made purification of sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. That is so powerful. Jesus is the final communication of God. And Jesus is the only one who gave us and could give us the spirit of God. As Jesus says, one more is to come. And that is the spirit of God. And he has given that spirit to us. Okay. Through his finished, complete work. That is encouraging. And I want to just have to point out this. He is the radiance of his glory, the exact representation of his nature. If we want to know God, we only get to know him through Jesus. We can know and learn a lot from the scriptures. We must from Genesis to Malachi. But when we go there, we have to look and see how do we find Jesus in the scriptures. Because when we find Jesus in Genesis to Malachi, we find life. And wherever things don't make sense from the Old Testament to the New, we need to diligently study it out and pray for a wisdom, a spirit of wisdom and revelation into who He is. Because God wants us to know Him, God wants to fellowship with us, and God wants us to experience this life that Jesus Himself came to give us by giving His life for it and giving us His Spirit to understand it. I hope this encourages and blesses you. And I believe that as you close, as we close this recording, and as you spend maybe a minute or two just meditating on what you just received, that you would pray and ask God to reveal in your heart where it is that you still need His life, His way, and His truth, where you might be holding on to a different interpretation of the abundant life, and you realize now that no, This is the abundant life. This is eternal life, to know God and to know the one whom he sent, Jesus Christ. And you might realize that you know him religiously. I want to encourage you to pray and trust God that you may know him as he wants to be known. You can find more of our free teachings on our website, www.gracelife.co. And if you're ever in the Duras area, we invite you to join us for one of our gatherings. Our aim is to help you discover Jesus, find family, and experience life. To contact us or to find out where and when we meet, visit our website, www.gracelife.co.